Welcome, guys, back to the Grateful Living Podcast. Today, I'm thankful to have Nima Nazari with me. Nima is an Iranian-Canadian-born comedian, actor, and social media personality. He has over 172K followers on Instagram and over 517K followers on TikTok. He hosts and produces his own TV show called A Stupid News, which features new episodes every Thursday at 5 on his YouTube channel. Nima also recently announced his I'm Your Sugar Daddy Canadian-wide national comedy tour. Nima, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy. Appreciate of it. Of course. Thankful to have you on. Oh, yeah. Uh, so for people that don't know you as well, can you kind of take us back to the beginning, you know, where you grew up, your family situation, what type of kid you were? Yeah. Um, I, I grew I was born and raised in Canada, in Toronto, on, uh, Toronto Ontario. Uh, my whole family's from Iran. They, uh, they fled here as refugees, you know, uh, about 30 years ago and then had me. Uh, I have an older brother, obviously, and he was he was born there. And then now we're all here. And um, yeah, man, I've always been the funny guy in my family and my group of friends or, you know, at work. You know, I was always that guy to just you know bring, bring the laugh out in any situation, whether it's an awkward situation, a sad one or a good one or whatever it was. I always went for the laughs. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much how I where i am today just on a professional level yeah yeah um you talked about it a little bit there but you know having an iranian background i'm curious you know how was that growing up um what was the impact of that have you gone back to iran before things like that i've never been to iran no um i'm not allowed to go there so um it's just not like safe for me right now <laughs> yeah but yeah, maybe one day, hopefully, when it's when it's when it's all cleared up and safe to go, for sure, I would, I would love to go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess um, you, you talked about it a little bit, but um, I'm curious. Like, is is comedy something you always enjoyed as a kid, or did it come later in life, or how how has your interest in comedy developed over the years? Yeah, I've always, uh, like I mentioned before, I've always been the funny guy in my in my circles. Um, it just kind of naturally was always a part of who I was, my personality. And um, I always knew, like, I, I was a funny kid, and um, that's pretty much all I had going for me, too. I don't really have much else going for me. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking make you a laugh. Sorry, I don't know if I could swear on this. By yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. I just like the, the older I got, the more people would tell me that and like so on and so forth. And then, um, yeah, eventually I just made the decision to pursue comedy full time. And um, here I am, you know, like I'm uh, making a fucking living out of it. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, so I saw you went to University of Toronto uh, for kinesiology. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I can you talk about that journey, I, I believe at some point you dropped out and maybe changed to comedy school or yeah yeah um i was in university studying um, kinesiology and uh i always felt pressured to go into university because everyone always told me that that was the path to take to in order to become successful in your life um and i, I kind of always rebelled against academics even though i was good at it and i was you know i was decent like i you know i'm not as stupid as i fucking look but you know i uh i still tried i still did my work and um but i just never really liked it right so when i was in university i found uh that there was a comedy school 
at Humber College. And I was like, wow. They like immediately clicked for me. I was like, oh shit. I didn't even know that was a thing, but this is exactly what I need to do. And I um I saw the courses they offered and everything like that. And I fell in love right away. And I was like, yeah, I'm dropping out and I'm going straight to this comedy school where I learned the foundations of comedy, like stand-up, acting, improv, writing for TV, writing sketches. Like I learned a lot of shit there just the foundations and um, yeah. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious at that time period, um, you know, obviously years later in hindsight, obviously it's worked out well, but that was probably a huge decision for you um, at the time. Um, I guess what got you over that fear of the repercussions of, not going the safe way just uh knowing that i don't have a plan b and that I, this has to work out and knowing that i am a very competitive person in nature and i like to work hard and almost prove to other people that i can do something especially if something i actually like doing and i love doing I will, i'll go out of my way above and beyond to show them but also it's more so for myself too because i just enjoy it and it makes me happy um, and that's all that really mattered to me at the time. I was like, I just love having fun, man. I don't, I don't want to worry about all this stressful work shit. Like when I nine to five, whatever bullshit other people are going through, like it's like exhausting to think about. For me, I mean, as long as I'm just happy, like just doing comedy, I'm having fun, bro. Eventually, they'll find a way to come and work out for me. Yeah, and that's it. And so, I guess, talk to us about the early journey after uh, comedy school. Did you? It. What was I guess year zero to three of your your journey when did you i, I believe it was was it december of 2014 when you really started going yeah in? um yeah so i dropped out summer of 23rd sorry summer of yeah summer of 2014 i dropped out uh and then uh in december of december 13th december 11th actually sorry november 11th um, of 2014 is when I first started my YouTube channel and I started to post content and uh, just to get the ball rolling. Because uh, the, the the program that I was going into for comedy didn't start until the year after, like in September. So I was like, what am I going to do in the meantime to like, kind of like learn some shit about comedy? And I was like, yeah, let me just make some YouTube videos. So that's pretty much where it started. Was your Was your dream always like just becoming a full-time comedian is is that what your attitude was at that point yeah well i mean i always dreamt of like i always saw russell peters on on tv uh and other comedians on tv doing stand-up i'm like wow that's so cool like i wish i could do that one day but like subconsciously i wasn't even like really saying it out loud i just like in the back of my head i'm like wow that was that's so cool like i wish i could do that i always said i wish i could do this i wish i could do that until when I dropped out, then I was like, this is real now. Like, I can actually accomplish this and I can become a full time comedian and a successful one, too. And that's it. Yeah. Can you, I guess, go back and talk about maybe your first win or your first encouragement um, in those beginning years? Um, yeah. Honestly, just like having the support of my parents at the very beginning. Uh, I was very surprised to hear that, you know, they were supportive, uh, even though they just spent all this money in the first year of university for me. And the fact that I just dropped out to pursue something else, that's like, they don't even understand because 
comedy isn't a thing back home, right? Like they don't have fucking clown college in Iran, right? You get your head chopped off if you talk about funny shit over there. You just gotta like become you gotta be an engineer, lawyer, doctor, or you're a failure, right? So um for them for them to support me the way they did from the very start really helped me a lot like my dad even drove me to the audition like he got me into the like dropped me off at the school and shit like you know like was a part of it well they're a part of the process from the beginning and that really elevated a lot of it for me and it helped a lot yeah how how were you like doing goal setting at the were you doing goal setting at the time was it you know i'm gonna do a mix of you know youtube and a mix of trying to do stand-up or like how are you um going about evaluating um whether you felt it was going well or not i just uh i just i just did as much as i could from the very jump like i went out every night pretty much when i like as soon as the program started every night i was out doing stand-up open mics i was out there like three shows a night just like getting my getting my getting putting my name on the list getting up on stage not really the stage it's just like standing in front of other comedians who are also shit and amateur trying to tell your best five minutes of material which is also garbage at the time but like that was the process that's the process is like getting through those moments getting up on that stage as much as possible getting your feet wet learning you know the ins and outs of uh stand up and you know finding your voice and that took me years before i found my actual voice and i'm that i knew like oh this is my, my style on stage um but yeah it was just uh it's a lot of just repetition yeah um i guess can you also talk about your your content creating you know journey and and process and you know um you know how you even today come up with a skit or a reel or a TikTok? is that something you you know have certain days for planning and then certain days for executing or how how is your content creation process? Yeah, so uh, I, I plan out my entire weeks pretty much. I have a planner that I write inside of that says like, okay, like today I'm gonna do this, Tuesday this, Wednesday that, Thursday this, Friday and so on, so on, etc. Um, and I usually dedicate like a chunk of time in the days that I am filming, which is not every day, for like five six hours. I'll just bang out a bunch of videos, and then like the next day I'll edit them or I'll write other ones. And then I'll film again a few days later for five hours. And then I just cycle that and I just keep it going. Yeah. Um, how, how long does it take you to like master an impression? You know, we, we've seen, you know, David Goggins, Gary V, Hockey Boys, Bianca, Jennifer. I mean, there's so many that you have. Um, yeah. how, how like does it is does it take you a little bit? And then once you have it, you can do it anytime or like how, how does that work uh it depends man it's a little bit of both sometimes i'll just like i'll just immediately get the voice down for like a certain character and i'll just like run with it and it's already good other ones it takes a little more time and practice and studying and research to find out what exactly how this person sounds or their mannerisms and whatever that is um and then yeah i just keep trying and i keep putting it out for people to see and then eventually you just kind of like you just learn as you go and the, and the, the more i do this the easier it gets because I'm just more comfortable and confident with it. So like, I don't have to worry about, Oh, like, I hope this is good. And you know, I just kind of do it now. And I'm like, if it's shit at first, I actually don't care. Cause I'm like, Oh, obviously it's not gonna be the best right away. And that's the best mindset to have when, when it comes to making content like that. Um, it's just to not to judge yourself and not worry about other people's judgments. Cause eventually you're going to get better. The more you practice. 
Yeah. Obviously for, you know, a creator and uh, a comedian, um, you know, you have to put out a lot of content and you have to do a lot of, of work. Uh, I'm curious, you know, throughout this journey, have you found strategies in terms of sustaining yourself and not burning yourself out with uh, trying to post every day or things like that? Uh, well, yeah, I actually burned out one time in my career, which was uh, just literally be the start of the pandemic. I took a whole month off. I went super ghost, just like radio silence. Um, I stopped everything. I just literally started from zero. I learned how to do basic habits and took care of, my, took care of myself for once because I wasn't taking care of myself physically, mentally, everything spiritually. Um, and that, that happened. I crashed because I was, I was so chaotic with my days. Like I was always on my phone. My screen time was 14 hours a day. It was like insane. You know, I was always on my app scrolling, posting stories, videos, comments, DMs. Like it was madness. Like there's so much attention coming at you at once when you start to get a little bit of a following um, and you don't know what to do with it. And um, at the time, no one was really like on board on my team to kind of like call it out. Uh, but my brother was actually the one who kind of helped me out because I, I, I somehow just like the luck of the universe and the timing, I felt the need to like ask him for help because he was also like coming out of a, a slump in his own, his own life. And, but he's a little, he was a little bit ahead in, in his journey. So he was like able to help others. And um, that was when I just felt comfortable. I asked him for help and I'm like, yo man, I need to change my life. I need to change my lifestyle. I, I can't, cause I, I feel like shit and I don't want to feel like this anymore um because everything comes into play man like yeah what you eat and what how you sleep uh also impacts like how you do your work and how you think right like there's so many everything's like you know linked together connected right? so, yeah so everything's connected so um that was when i crashed and i took a month off and i came back like firing because i was like clear-headed i really took the time to work on myself and i changed my perspective on everything in life and i learned routines for once in my life i learned habits and then I learned how to write things down and plan and organize and like the list goes on. Right. And ever since then, man, I haven't crashed once. It's been almost three years, right. Two and a half years. Um, and I couldn't be more grateful for that, for that moment in my life, because without that, uh, I probably would have been fucked. I would have been going down a spiral and I wouldn't be where I am right now today. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about, you know, patience in your, in your journey and patience, you know, <laughs> um you know I, I you know even if i tell someone today you know to work seven years um to do something you know i i think a lot of people might not you know because that's a it's a long long time um did you get did you ever get close to you know existential crisis two three years in into your journey and maybe quitting and you know, doing a more safe financial job or something like that? No, nah, fuck that, man. I never thought that way. As much as I burned and I crashed that, that one time, uh, I always knew that I was destined to do what I was doing in comedy and acting. I just, I, like, I'm, I'm too talented. I'm too much of a performer to not do it. I, I, my brain works in mysterious ways of, like, mimicking other people's accents and impressions and mannerisms so much that I can't not do this, right? So... I can't not make jokes. I like, I just, I feel like I'm too, 
I'm too I'm too funny. Like I know I'm not yeah. trying to toot my own horn, but yeah, I'm more than average funny. Like I'm so it's like I have to do something with this. Um and so that that that's where self-awareness was was in play, right? I was I was very self-aware from the start because I knew my talents and I knew my potential. I just knew like I always believe like I don't know, like even though shit's hitting the fan right now, it's been a slump for a while. There's little pockets of spurts that go well that I'm like, oh, okay, I can see where it could get better and better. And I just always believe like eventually shit will work out. Eventually shit will work out. I kept telling myself this and I never stopped. And I'm, I so thank my younger self for doing that because like now look where I am. Like there's, there's like, it's crazy progress. Like I, I sometimes I, I can't even process it for myself sometimes how far I've come just in seven years, man. It yeah. hasn't been 10 years. Right. So yeah. Um, anything is possible if you just put your mind to it, honestly. It's very simple. Uh, I'm curious, you know, if there's someone out here in any creative field who's struggling with that belief that you have, um, are there any words of advice to them? Yeah, it's uh, it's one, not judging yourself because a lot of people worry about like their the quality of their content and material, but it's subjective. Like not everyone's going to like you anyway. And that's where a lot of people get discouraged early on. It's like, oh, no one's watching my shit or like, oh, the comments are not good or people are hating or this and that. And I'm like, it's too early to tell because you don't have enough of like a, a catalog either. Because my thing is like, you have to do like hundreds and even thousands of videos and, you know, state um, sets on stage before you, you, you can really know if this is the right path for you or not. Right. Um, like it just started it just started to hit for me this past two years. So the first five years of my career was not that great. <laughs> like, but it was worth it. At this yeah. point, it's worth it. Because of all that shit that you had to endure over those years. Um, and it's just about consistency. It's just about staying consistent and still like pushing through, pushing through, you know, even though it's shit, even though it's not going your way or that you do or the way you thought it would be, just keep pushing, keep going through it all. And now that's when you're going to make the most growth and outgrow others too, because a lot of people will get discouraged and stop when those moments get tough. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about it a little bit earlier, but you have a, a team around you. I'm curious, um, you know, when did you hire a manager and, and for what reason, um, you know, when did you start building a team? So luckily I didn't have to hire a manager because my manager is my brother. And uh, he was already just pretty much solidified as my manager because um, he knows me more. He knows me the best more than anybody else in this world. And um, the fact that we actually get along from beforehand and um, he's a little bit older, too. So he's a little more wise, more experienced, especially because he was in an industry, entertainment industry before in his own life. And he saw the crash and burn of his career in that in that realm. Uh, he knew exactly how to help me. So pretty much like I learned from his mistakes and he, he was pretty much helping me avoid the mistakes he made in his career. And I feel like it's such a perfect like bond and a perfect match um, for what I'm doing now that um, so he was like already solidified as my manager and uh, Mr. Trust too. Right. It's like he's, he I, I know he's not going to try to fuck me over and I know he's in the has the best interest for my career just as much as I do for my own. Because whatever I accomplish, he accomplishes, right? So it's all, we're on this together. And then uh, along the way, I had a couple of people reach out. Like um, one guy, uh, shout out to Cyrus, who uh, reached out and he wanted to work pro bono for us. 
for as long as it took uh, that until we could like make some money and pay him. And uh, and after two years, he stuck around and still worked hard and never let up. He never got lazy, never slacked. And now we're finally comfortable in paying him a proper salary because he, you know he deserves it one, but also like now we can trust him because he didn't he didn't like stop when it when the going was tough, right? It's like he he pushed through just as much as we did, um, and he believes in the process uh, and the journey just as much as we do. So and then that, that that came along, and then obviously you know we have another couple of guys who are part time right now that aren't aren't necessarily we don't need them as full time, but soon we're getting to that point. Um, and it's all from within our circles, which is like so perfect. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I'm grateful for that, that I have that around me. Yeah. How do you, um, you know, obviously prior to the business relationship forming, you know, obviously it was just a personal relationship. Um, today, you know, if the two of you have a disagreement in vision or strategy, how do you not let the elements of little brother, big brother, or how, how do you manage that um, and still, you know, be good on personal and business? So we have to learn to separate the two. We, we have bad heads all the time, but like as brother and brother. Um, but like when it comes down to the business, like I always actually trust him every single time. Even if I'm pissed at him or I'm mad at him or where the fuck it is. I just know he's not going to fuck me over and he makes the right decisions every time with the business. And I let him do it hundred percent. I don't even think about it. Um, I have my info, input obviously. And, you know, we always talk about things, but ultimately it's his decision because he, he just knows more than I do. And he's more, and he's just, he's smarter. He's done his research more than I do. Like it's his role. It's his role. Um, so I just let him handle those, the, all those decisions. And then I just have to worry about the creative side. Um, I have the vision. I have the big picture. I'm like, I, 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 I I like to think, okay, I want to tour the world doing stand up, but then he kind of tells me how to do it because I don't really know how to do it, but he knows like the the way to get there. So it's a good mix of both. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, uh, are you able to turn off? You know, I think a lot of comedy is is observing, you know society and things like that and so making observations um do you have times where you completely turn off and don't think about your you know career and you're just you know whatever it is you're playing a video games and you're just there or yeah. are you are you always kind of is it hard to kind of turn off yeah well that's that that's 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 exactly how i crashed and burned the first time as i was always 100 percent of the time career mode I was 0% Nima Naziri, the human mode. So now, yeah, I, 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 it's been a couple of years now where I've built in the, the habits and the routines where, yeah, I'll, I'll work like career, like Nima Naz career stuff, you know, for like five, six hours in my day. And then the before and after that is for me, for myself. So whether that's playing video games or going to the gym or like, you know, writing shit or, you know, journal or planning or, um going for a walk you know going out on a date like seeing friends like seeing family like yeah i i definitely leave time for those things now which is which is so much more so much less pressure on my shoulders and just way more exhilarating and more liberating to know that i'm just living my life yeah. and there's a balance you have to have a balance you have, yeah. to, you have to sustain it long term yeah um i'm curious i guess for someone 
you know, aspiring to eventually get to a point where you are today um, in the comedy realm. Um, you know, do you have any words of advice uh, on beginning the journey? Yeah, man, just um, know what you want and have the purpose and have a goal that you want to work towards and just keep trying. Like, honestly, it's all it is, is just it's consistency. Like I mentioned before, just stay consistent. Whatever you're doing, just consistency will take you far more than anything else. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year, maybe not even five years. But eventually, if you just believe in it every day, it'll work out. You have to you have to remain happy though. You can't like as soon as you start to fall out of love, then that's when you know you have to stop. Yeah. How has um as time gone on, you know, the increased fame, um, you know, more followers getting recognized? How have how is how have you kind of balanced that? I don't know if maybe friends from high school have appeared out of the woodward and tried to reconnect and you know, you know, sometimes it's hard to understand people's true intentions with you, maybe even girls or things like that. Um, how have you handled that aspect of your rise? Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, there have been a couple of people come out of the woodwork, you know, like from back in the day, like, yo, like, that's sick. Like, yo, we should, uh, we should link up for like a, a drink or this and that or whatever. I'm like, but like, I I'm so, sure of what i'm doing and like what i need to do that i that my time is so valuable and i i, I know what i have to use my time for um it's like I, i'm busy like every day now like i have, I have shit to work on i've like my career to like it's, it's in the peak of like getting into the prime and i want to make sure i'm like hustling and, and still working at it non-stop and um because i care about it and i love it so much why, why would I take time away from that just to go and hang out with somebody or chill with somebody? It's like, instead of doing that, I can spend more time like working on myself, especially while I'm still young. Right. Um, and like, you know, I'll, instead of like hanging out with this person for an hour that I don't really know, why not just spend an extra hour talking to my family or my parents or like building an existing relationship even further, you know, a friendship with one of some of my boys from back in the day. And like, you know, um you know growing the bond even more with those guys it's like there's so many more better things to do uh than worry about like the outside noise like that um yeah and like girls and stuff obviously i get way more attention from girls now which is obvious uh, it's weird because you know before all this like i got no girls bro like no <laughs> attention from girls ever yeah. i was still like i was still like cool, the cool guy and like girls like to be around because i was funny but like nothing like this now where they're actually interested in me because of like Cause I have followers or like I'm somebody now, which, you know, not all of them are bad people. It's just that like, it's, it's just a funny observation to kind of, to, to know that like, it's crazy just by having followers, like all of a sudden women will start to give you attention and, you know, because like they're into status, man. A lot of women love status and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that that's just the reality of, of like human evolution. You know, back in the day when you're a caveman, like, like the, the most fit guy, the most, like the guy who's bringing the most food, providing yeah. the most is getting the best women. Right. Yeah. So that's how I see it too. It's like, and I know I'm not even close to that yet. Like physically, like not in the shape I want to be like mentally, I'm still not fully there. It's like, I'm still young. I'm still naive. Right. There's so many aspects of this that come into play. And um, I know that I can't also distract myself 
while I do have some girls coming my way, right? It's like that's the hardest part, honestly. Is like, and we're only human, right? It's like I'm a guy, and you want relationships with people, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You want you want connection. The humans crave connection, and um, even someone like me, it's like yeah, like as as much followers I have, it can get lonely. Right. So um, it's a matter of like vetting people the properly, having the right people around you. The bigger you get, the more, more important it is to have the right people in your circle too, to vet other people who try to come in and like, for, so they can block them out. Like, no, 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 your energy is bad or this is that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a lot to work with, man. It's such a unique thing that not, not literally majority of people in this world don't have to deal with if you yeah. think about it. Right. So it's just, uh, it's, a, it's an ongoing learning curve as you as you go on it's just a matter of like knowing what you want and valuing your own time that's what really matters is like don't let other people kind of suck your energy and soul out of what you're doing and distract you from your main path on the flip side have you found anybody um within your friend group or things of that nature you know go on the other side and be like you've changed or you don't hang out with us enough anymore or things like that and kind of calling you out or has everyone been pretty supportive uh well yeah like a little bit like near the beginning especially when i was really hustling and like i really didn't see anybody for years that was a time where i actually did lose connections and friendships with certain people and um that's the that's the nature man like you when you hear kobe bryant you know rest, god rest his fucking soul man um when you hear kobe bryant talking about like you know the, the, how hard he works and like he gets up at 4 a.m to go in the gym so he can get an extra practice before everyone else and like what it takes to become great and you're gonna lose friends you're gonna lose pe people or even like family it's like it's like uh, at some point you have to ask yourself like what will it take for you to get to that greatness and um i i truly think about this thing in a in a very deep way just like kobe bryant would and i'm like because he's my idol he's like my inspiration and in like being great at my own craft and I would always think, like, what would Kobe do? Like, would he go out and party on a Friday night or a Saturday night? Probably fucking not. If he's especially if he's like behind and he has to work on shit, which is exactly where I am. Um, so that's that's how I thought about it. That's how I thought about things over the years. And I'm like, you know what, bro? Like, I, if I want to be great, bro, I gotta sacrifice a bunch of shit. I gotta sacrifice seeing friends, going to the parties, missing birthday parties, missing missing this event, that event fucking this social event this person's whatever um trips like uh so many things bro i missed so many events and so many of these things over the years but i don't regret it at all because i i'm very i'm very proud of myself and happy that i got to where i am now and that wouldn't have happened if i if i was a pushover over those years and like still continued to like show up all the time just like you know to, to my friends or whoever it was um no it doesn't mean i didn't like keep in contact and i you know still try to message here and there and call which obviously i did but you know to them to normal people and i don't i, I don't want to you know say it in a negative tone but i'm just saying like people who don't do what i do they just sometimes won't understand it and when they don't understand it they think that like you're just you're brushing them off or um, you don't care, like, you know what I'm saying? Which is not the case. Like, I truly care about my friends and my family all the time. I always thought about them over the years. And I wish that, I mean, I wish I could be there. Or I wish I could hang out with them there. Or I wish I could stay up and stay over, right? Go to this cottage and stuff. But I'm like, I just, I have to worry about myself for now. Because because it, it'll make sense in a few years. 
they'll they'll understand in a few years yeah um which they do now and like now like obviously like all my boys i'm still close with them and i hang out with them um and like they're they're still very supportive um because they understand they are now they get it they're like oh okay like shit man like you know not that they anyone apologizes just that i get the vibe like oh okay like he was actually serious over these over this time and he actually built something out of nothing for himself and like that takes a lot of fucking time and dedication and so it's like a, it's like a respect thing um and that's it so yeah um one other thing you know like ego right and and staying humble um you know take even this interview right um i'm not anybody famous or anything like that but you sit down and and take the time i'm i'm curious like you know you have the ability to feel like you know the shit and you know to feel you know um you know big ego trip mm-hmm. uh, i'm i'm curious how do you stay so humble I've, I've, i mean even in doing my research i saw you did a bunch of podcasts for people that are just starting out um how do you how do you how do you not let your ego make you feel like the shit it's very easy it's the, i have to remember where i came from and how i was raised first of all it's like my my parents were the most like hospitable giving uh fun people to be around and it's like it would be stupid of me to kind of like let that out of my brain and forget and to just forget about it because it would be it's like it's not who i am it's not it's not it's not in me to kind of be a dick or like brush people off or act above them because my parents aren't like that and uh my family dynamic isn't like that so uh it would be so out of character for me if i were to do that and so in a way i'm very grateful that my my family is the way they are even though there's a lot of negative parts too but in in terms of like the ego and staying humble i feel like i've i've done a good job of like embodying that through them through my brother uh over the years and staying true to who i am as a as a, as a human being um i think i think it's so clutch to have the right people around you like i said to kind of to also bring you down to earth when they when they need to because there are times obviously where it would get to my head naturally um i'm only human but yeah having them around to remind you of who you really are and like how you're still like someone who suffers with you know an eating disorder like you're addicted to food or you know you're still like above weight like you need to you know get more healthy that's and once they start listing those things off you're like oh fuck yeah like i'm I'm a nobody like i'm just i'm not i'm i'm no better than the next person so um not to kind of not to try to shit on me but to, to remind me of like you know i still have shit to deal with in my own life as well it's like it's like this means nothing this out, superficial outside world it means really nothing it's like it's 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 just to inspire other people to do what they are good at and to follow their dreams in a way that's my whole message and like just to be themselves um because that's who i am and that's what i portray online is i that's and that's why i'm, I'm very personable for a reason because now when people come up to me in, in in real life in on the streets or wherever i am they feel like they know me because i talk to them like i'm talking to my friends and my family um and that's that's how i like to remain that remain humble and have that fact the humble factor um because you know i just really genuinely enjoy human experience and human connection um and it's, it's just it's, it's cool it's, it's super fun to interact with fans and people who support me and um i never want to like let them down by like acting like i'm above them um because realistically no one gives a fuck. like 
doesn't matter how many followers you have. Like, I'll still like look at someone with two million followers. I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah, it's cool, but it's just a fucking human. Like, like it's not, it's not, but he's not an alien. Like, it's just another guy. It's just another girl, right? So, um, the way when you look at it that way, it makes it so much easier and more freeing, actually, spiritually, to just like stay con- ha- happy and content doing what you're doing and just keep going. Like, but like still having a great career. You know, so yeah, I'm curious. Um, you know, comedy today, um, it's a very PC culture. Um, you know, you like, do you worry about cancel culture? Do you worry about someone saying you shouldn't do this accent or that accent? Or how do you handle that aspect? And what would you say to people, um, maybe that want a really PC culture? I don't care to be honest. I I just do what I want that I know. That's a, that that's from my own experience. Um, as long as I stay happy doing what I love, that's all that matters to me. And if that means people want to cancel me, then go ahead. Like the more real I stay, the more true I stay to myself. There's nothing you can take me down for, because I'm already putting myself out there 100 percent of the time. So what are you going to cancel me for? I, I'm just like I'm just being me. Like like i'm not perfect so aren't you right people are trying to cancel your or some of the worst people like they're just trying to hide behind the screen right so none of that matters i don't think none of it like just like dave Chappelle said it's like twitter's not real it's like shit's the shit not this shit's not real like like what do you mean cancel right it's like um if you just if you just if you if you deny it if you just keep going you're uncancelable like it's just you just gotta stay true to who you are and no, no one can do shit or say shit. So that's the way I see it. Uh, and also, it, it, when people try to cancel you, it's just it's a, it's a lack of context for them. They don't have the full context of who you are in, on your life. So obviously, they're going to like draw conclusions, right? But I'm like, if as soon as you get to know me, then you wouldn't want to cancel me, probably. So it just makes it very, very easy for me to just like not care and just keep going. I mean, there's another thing of like getting actually censored from like these online apps like that's a whole different thing it's like that actually worries me because i'm like well i can't even put my shit out there mm-hmm. but like that from like the actual people who will say stuff like it doesn't, doesn't matter to me yeah it um you know just in talking to you it seems like you've got a good head around you um do you deal with any struggles challenges fears or and you know maybe what what are those if you want to share any yeah of course like i said man i'm only human right like uh i still got struggle with food addiction my whole life even to this day i'm still trying to get over it uh i got diagnosed with a hypothyroidism hashimoto's disease autoimmune disorder um about two years ago which had to like which had to seriously consider like changing my life around because of it because it it it, it means like my my thyroid is working against me and it's easy for me to gain weight and uh, any gluten or sugar that goes in my body really like destroys my body. So I had to really seriously consider my whole lifestyle after that point in my career, um, in my life. And, um, that's something that I've had to deal with for like for my whole life. Like I was always overweight. I was always obese. Like I was always a fat guy, right? It's like all this shit happened. And, um, uh, even if I, after I lose weight and I've lost some weight and I've still like, you know, I work out all the time and I eat really healthy and consistently, um yeah still like i look at myself and i'm like man fuck man like why am i so fat like why do i still have you know titties and like uh, rolls and shit it's like 
you know, I, I, I'm only a human being. I still think about these things, right? I mean, yeah. insecurities myself too, but I don't let it take it take over my life. I just kind of, I just think of it as like, I'm a, I'm a skinny guy in training. I see, I don't see myself as a fat guy anymore. I just see myself, you know what? I'm just like a, I'm a better person in training. And that's how, that's how I, it makes it easier for me to keep going. Um, and, and it does help man, having the right people around you. Like it really helps you to kind of stay motivated and not shit on yourself as much. Um, but yeah, man, like stuff like that, like sleep, like sleep has been something that really uh, was a detriment in my life for year, my whole life. Even to this day, like I still sometimes struggle with sleep and sleep is such a basic thing that everyone should have down, but a lot of people don't. And it's something like that I struggle with my whole life. And it really fucked, it fucks a lot with you. Right. It's like when you're not properly sleeping, um, and you're inconsistently waking up and sleeping at different times, it really like ruins your cycles and um, it can affect your mood and your your weight gain and your your mindset. Like there's a lot of shit that comes into play. Um, and so that's something as well that like we've been working on heavily for the past couple of years. And um, it's just like ongoing just progress. That's it. Just just keeping keeping at it. Um, not judging yourself along the way and just that's it. Just every day, just trying a little bit better. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I guess what was it like opening up for Russell Peters? Oh man, I'm still trying to process that for myself, to be honest, man. Like I just talked to my dad about this for an hour straight, like before this. And, uh, it was just like so surreal. Just thinking back and, and knowing before I even knew what comedy was, I saw Russell Peters on, on TV with my dad in my living room watching him on stage at just for last doing uh stand up and i remember that shit inspired me from a very young age i'm like wow this fucking indian guys on stage talking about asians and white people and this and that i'm like what the fuck yeah. <laughs> this is crazy like in my yeah. back of my head i'm like yo this is sick and that and then like weirdly enough that sparked a whole generation of like humor like like that's that's that, that i think it molded me and hundreds and thousands of millions of other people's senses of humor too like Cause like, I love cultural jokes now. Like my whole life I've always like made race jokes or cultural jokes. Like, you know, like you're an immigrant too. Like your yep. immigrant family, like, you know, you and your friends, you always joke around like, Oh, this fucking guy. Or like, yo, go eat pita. Or like, yo, you like hummus. You know what I'm saying like, just like random shit. Like, um, especially growing up in Toronto, it was a mad inspiration to know that some guy from Toronto has made it and he, he got famous and like blew up. And now this guy's selling out arenas 15 years in a row, like more than any other community in the world. So it's like knowing that he's been my inspiration idol into getting into comedy from the jump. And when I first started in comedy, I was like, yo, I have to open for Russell Peters one day. Like, it's like, it'll come full, full circle. Like, it's just like, only a matter of time. And like, I did not know it was going to happen this early in my career. Just seven years in and the whole happened at once. Like, I don't know where, like, well, first, uh, first hap like what happened was like a few months ago, I found out that him and his whole team are fans and they like my videos. And wow. that's why I fucking believe in content. And that's why I love Gary V because Gary V is the one who pretty much got us to this place in the first place mm -hmm. is they literally talks about pushing content and as much as you can. And like, don't judge yourself. Right. So this is all Gary V's words. Um, and like, and, and that you can't control quality, but you can control quantity. And that's what we really took the heart from the beginning. I was like, yo, fuck it, bro. I'm going to blast people's content every day and see what happens. And it, it works, man. It fucking works. Like, I, I've i grown my following so much. I got I reached so many different people. And you just never know who's watching. 
And the people who were watching, coincidentally, in this particular context, was Russell Peters and his team and his brother, big fans. And um, we actually ended up meeting with Clayton Peters, which is his manager, and his brother, who's also like his uh, older brother, just like my older brother. Wow. Wow. Uh, which is so, so, so random. And same age. That's crazy. Dude, six wow. Years <laughs> from, yeah. So crazy. crazy. And it's like same exact dynamic, literally exact same people. Wow. <laughs> um, so just like that's just such a that was such a cool thing to uh, meet up with him um, like months ago. We had lunch with him just to pick his brain and be like, yo, man, like, honestly, we just big fans. But like, you know, we have a lot of questions about the scene and industry and shit like that. Right. And he was very, very open to helping. So uh, shout out to Clayton for doing that. And then um, a few months passed and um, Russell was doing his tour in Canada. And so uh, it's the first time he's in Canada in four years, five years. Right. He, he rarely comes to Canada to do his tours, but he was finally here. And um, a month ago, he was in London, Ontario, and he invited my brother and I and everyone to go to his London show. Uh, I couldn't go because I had my own shows that night. Mm-hmm. And so I skipped out on it. I was like, and that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, bro. The sacrifice. Yeah. Russell Peters. I don't give a fuck if you're my mom and Russell Peters or the fucking bartender at some random bar. I'm canceling on all you motherfuckers so I can do my own shit Believe because I yourself. care that much. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it takes. Yeah. I could have very easily just like canceled on this show that I had and fucked over everyone else just to go meet Russell. But I'm like, I just wouldn't feel right doing that. I, I always believe in integrity and having and doing the right thing. So, and that's why I feel like I get to many places that I do get to is because I'm doing the right thing. Um, and, and like, I'm, I'm not cheating. I'm not cheating my way through. Um, and so anyway, I couldn't go. But my brother went, he ended up going and they hung out. They all took pictures. It was sick. I was kind of jealous. Like, fuck man. Like I wish I was there, obviously. Um, whatever that happened. And then they stayed in touch. And then, um, a few weeks later, he was, uh, finishing off his tour in Ottawa, Kingston, and Toronto. And then uh, they're like, yo, why don't you bring Nima this time? And like, you know, whoever else you want to bring your team uh, to Ottawa and Kingston, just to come hang out. I didn't think any of it else, else of it. Like they, they didn't tell me I was going to open or anything. Obviously I didn't expect that at all. Oh, so wow. we're going, um, we're going, we just like made the trip to Ottawa. We hung, when we got there, we got to, uh, was it like the, where the Sens play, Ottawa Senators play. Um, Canadian Tire Center, the the stadium. We got there. We're hanging out backstage. I got to meet Russell. It was fucking sick. It was cool. He's just a chill guy. Obviously, he's, just, he's a comic. Like, you know, it's just like he's just like me. He's just very, very chill, very calm, very joking around, like chirping you a little bit, roasting, whatever. You know, very simple. Uh, talked for a little bit, and then literally ten minutes before showtime, Clayton tells my brother, uh, t- tells him something, and then he, and then he points to me. He's like, Yo, Nima, go talk to your brother for a second and i'm like oh okay i go to talk to my brother and he's like yo how do you feel about going on stage for 10 minutes and then uh in that moment i'm like shocked but also immediately i was like yeah of course right because i'm like i've worked so hard my whole fucking career to not say yes to this moment right it's like when your name gets called you better be ready to go on stage and kill it right and so like i've been waiting for this moment my whole life and like it was obviously a no-brainer but at the same time i'm like holy fuck i have to go on stage now for 10 minutes in front of 5,000 people in Ottawa yeah, with Russell Peters too, like, mind you, right? It's like all this shit's happening at once. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm overwhelmed with emotions. I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I have to like figure out, oh, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? What's my, I could, I, I'm like struggling. I'm like, oh, do I have 10 minutes? Start doubting yourself because I'm like, but like, obviously I have 10 minutes. Like I've been practicing 45 minutes a night every week for my own tour. Obviously yep. I have 10 minutes. It's just that. You know, like such a cool moment like this, really, like just it was so surreal. I couldn't even think properly. But then I, I got my composure ready to go. A few minutes left. 
before I go on stage and I'm like in the back, I'm like breathing. I'm like, holy fuck, this is real. I'm actually going on stage right now from all these people. Cause before that, the most people I would go up on stage, like the most audience I had was like four or 500 people. Um, and now it's like 5,000, 10 X. Mm. Right. Yeah. I'm like, you know what, man, I've worked my ass off until this point, And I, 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 I belong here. I told myself, I was just trying to hype myself. Like I belong here. I've been doing this for a reason. Like I'm here for a reason. Um, just gotta, it's just, just do what you know and just have fun. Right. That's all it is. And then that's it, man. I went out on stage and like, when they call my name, like Nima Naz, blah, blah, everyone's cheering. I was like, Holy fuck, this is crazy. I'm on the screens. I go up and I'm like, yo, I'm here. I do my 10 minutes and I kill it. I got two applause breaks in 10 minutes. I did a great job. And even they were surprised because they didn't even really saw my stand up until that yep. day. They just yeah. kind of knew like I did stand up and like I do good content on uh, content. And then um they were they were they were very happy with my performance. They they thought it was really funny. Um they were very pleased, which made me very happy. And then um and that's it, man. Like pretty much when that happened, literally as soon as I got off stage, I fucking bawled my eyes out because I was so yeah. overwhelmed with some happy emotions and joy. Cause I'm like, yo, in a way I did it, like I made it in a way like obviously yeah. i didn't make like my career so far away but but like i fucking i, I did it like i it's I a big myself, w it's a big dub bro like yeah. a huge milestone biggest milestone of my career 100 um and it's all happened with the with my with my mindset from the very beginning of dropping out and being like yo i can do this and i believed in myself and i look at where it fucking got me and then i got off and whatever was great and then the next night we're in kingston same thing 10 minutes before show time yo you want to do 10 minutes i was like hell yeah went up again killed it same shit got off as well they liked it blah blah and then what happened was um i didn't so his last show was in toronto the next night in thursday night but my i have my own shows every thursday night in toronto yeah uh 8 p.m and 10 p.m so i was like fuck it's the same time as russell's show at scotia bank arena I'm yeah. like, ah, like I wouldn't be able to make it because they're like, yo, are you guys free tomorrow? You can come by tomorrow and not to open. He even said like, it might not be able to open, but like you can come just hang out because like, it's like a hectic show. It's like massive. It's huge. And like, there's so many different things I have to worry about in there to have an opener. Um, so I was like, yeah, fine. Like, well, uh, like that's fine. Like I didn't expect to open or anything like that. Uh, but like, we're like, yo, we're probably not going to be able to work out because I have to go to my own show at eight. Right. Yeah. Um, but the thing is I headline my own show. So technically the show starts at eight, but I go on at nine mm. at my own show. So yep. but this show starts at eight, 10 and I would be the first one up if I were to open. So Thursday comes and I'm at home when my brother at home and I'm just taking a nap. We're downtown. Luckily, right. We're in literally like down the street. Yeah. I'm taking a nap at 6.30 p.m. And then like 7 p.m. rolls around. My brother gets a call and he's like, hello. He's like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, we'll be there. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck was that? And then he's like, yo, <laughs> get ready. We're going to Scotiabank Arena right now. You're going to open for Russell at, at Scotiabank. And wow. I'm like, holy fuck, bro. Like, I, didn't, I, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, uh, I rushed out of bed, showered. We got to Scotiabank. I was, I was like, the emotions were starting to come back. So I'm like, wow, I'm actually going to be performing in front of 15,000 people in my hometown. Yeah. On stage in front yeah. of all these people in a fucking arena. Um, and then like, man, we got to the show and like, there's literally 10 minutes left before I got on stage again. And like, I was trying not to fucking cry because I was, I was just so overwhelmed again, but I, I kept it together and I was breathing. I'm like, all right, man, like, this is it. Like, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Um, just have fun, just like the other shows. I've been here before, like I've already done it once and twice. Just do it again and just kill it. And then that's it, man. I went up on stage, 
I had the best time of my life. I, I, I did my best performance I could. Another couple of applause breaks in front of my own fucking hometown. 15,000 people. People were cheering for my name and shit. I, it was crazy. Like, And then that's it. I, I got off stage, and it was one of the most surreal experiences of my entire career in life. And um, my whole family, my friends, and everyone was so proud of me and so happy for me. And and same for myself. And that's it, man. Like, it was just... um. Like now it's like if, if if I haven't fucking proved anything to anybody my whole career, this motherfucking proved it. Yeah. No one can say shit now. Like I fucking did it. I, I made that shit happen on my own. So that's it, man. And now we're finally now now my now I feel like it's the start of my real career now. And it's yeah. like now it's shit's gonna pop off. Yeah. So maybe in the last minute, um, do you wanna just talk about what you hope to accomplish in the future? Is it tv your own tv show u.s tours what do you i'd love to interview you in four years and for sure man see all the stuff you say here manifest yeah well i'm definitely going to be touring the world doing comedy doing stand-up i'm gonna tour the world um i'm obviously doing my own first ever headline national comedy tour starting september 15th um all the way to end of october i'm filming my first special on october 22nd in toronto at the theater um and then yeah, man, I want to be in movies, bro. I want to. I'm gonna collab with Seth Rogen, like Adam Sandler, Kevin Hart. I want to be in movies with all these guys, and like, I want to be a movie star too. Like, I want to do it all. I want to fucking. I want to be the best. Um, and I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna keep working at it. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, uh, Nima, thank you so much for being on. Uh, if people want to support you, what's the best way to do that? Just Nima Naz on every platform, man, and buy tickets to my stand-up comedy tour. <laughs> it's almost sold out, so it's doing really well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Nima, thank you so much for coming on. I just want to acknowledge you, man. Just learning from your journey um, and seeing the rise over the last seven years, man. I I hope you take some time to think about where you were day zero and where you are today. Um, You're you're doing it well and you're inspiring all of us creatives trying to do it in our respective industries. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time and I appreciate the support and love. And I, I hope to keep inspiring everyone else man like it's uh i feel like uh I, i'm a voice for my generation that i i, I, I want to help as much as i can so i appreciate it yes sir thank you